you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Around the NFL Podcast. It's working on its English accent. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, teeming with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is that? Teaming. Just teaming. Oh. I mean, we're all together. We haven't had many of these. I'm excited for this show. Mark, we've, talk- had, we've had hundreds of these. Mark took some heat on Twitter uh, a couple days ago for not being in. Really? Somebody said that you were the Johnny Carson of the show, and I thought that was a little. I out think of it's misunderstood that if we're not here on a Monday, it's because we're on vacation. It's actually because we work on, on Saturday the, on the weekends and whatnot. No, I'm excited, and I've been looking towards this show in particular as the one that Mark is going to lead the way. He's kind of the key to this whole podcast. We're talking about leadership skills. It's your time, Mark. All right, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Uh, All right. By the way, I'm excited about Mark today. There is a salty (laughs) Sessler in the air, and you never know what happens. And TD, I would say keep on your toes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. when that happens, everything's up in the air. Here we go. we got a big show today. Big, big show. We, we, we're we going to get Bookie Brooks back in here because as we get closer and closer to the draft, you want to talk to a guy that's plugged in and who's more plugged in than Bucky Brooks, our uh, big-time college football analyst. And he knows a lot about the pros, too. He played in the NFL, so we'll get him in here to talk. We're going to go through uh, Greg, who's you know shepherds this group. He, he retired into a meeting uh, with several shadowy league figures and came up with an entire – uh, free agent superlatives uh, uh, breakdown for us to go through day by day where we're breaking down all different elements of free agency and, and the post that we put up on uh, Wednesday, the best fits in free agency and also the best under-the-radar fits. So we have that up on the website. And by meeting, you mean I basically copied and pasted what we did last year. <laughs> Let's do this a, again. A good musician never, never <laughs> reveals the secrets. Uh, and then, uh, of course, what we always do, we, we do the news. So we check in with the great TD. Uh, how are you, buddy? What's going on, guys? How are we doing? 
Uh, we're doing good. Things yeah. are good, you know? Yeah. How's Mark? Doing good, buddy? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> what? Let's do it. Let's hit the news. All right. Let's do it. I was designed to save the world. That wasn't Transformers or anything. No, it wasn't, guys. Have you guys heard this? The latest Avengers trailer, the social media oh, buzz today for this. It's and, a what? I mean, you need the to latest n- Avengers trailer. So here's What's what an Avengers no, You need to know your audience, and your audience in this case is not all the listeners. We, in this oh. case, it's us. I, 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 we don't know the Avengers. Can we have a drop sometime that doesn't include a superhero? Well, it's up to you guys to keep the world updated on the NFL uh, world, and it's up to us to keep you guys updated on pub culture. Yeah, I, trust me. Right, we know what's going on in pop culture, but you, you don't force feed us the superheroes. Yeah, because who could who would hear about this Spader. this big indie movie, The Avengers, without you promoting it? <laughs> By the way, you call it the latest because there's been too many of them. Well, there's been two trailers, and this is the third one. I didn't they realize did. our podcast audience is eight year olds. Well, they are. Wow, probably. according to Wes, you know, just saying. But by the way. Oh man! Hey, 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 and years, perhaps a decade going back to Mark, I think you pointed it out on Twitter. It was exactly 10 years to the day prior that there was the big Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey trade. So now LaShawn McCoy headed up to Orchard Park. Kiko Alonso to Philly. Start with Chris Wessling. Who won this trade? I, I think both teams won, but I really – I know the Eagles caught more flack for it, and I, I see this from their point of view – and to me, Chip Kelly is sort of in a situation where Bill Belichick was when he came to New England. He's going to institute his system. He's going to make um, unpopular moves. But $12 million against the cap for a running back who declined across the board last year. And to me, I mean, he averaged, Greg had this stat earlier in the day, of the 19 players with 250 touches, he had the lowest per touch average in the NFL. 4.3 yards per touch. Darren Sproles averaged 7.4 behind the same offensive line. He just wasn't as productive as he needed to be to be drawing $12 million against the cap. I don't think any running back is. Mm. I think that's part of it is that, that they must have asked. There must have been some conversation behind the scenes where they said, listen, we, you're talented. We want to keep you around, but not at that price tag. And they balked. And NFL media's Michael Silver says that they called up the Bills – and the conversation was 20 minutes long. That's how incredible. great is that? That's how it should be. That's terrific. It's, it's like football. Stuff. It's like we like Kiko Alonso, and they're like, really? We could get McCoy. Hey Rex, you like Lashawn McCoy? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. You know, like that was pretty much it. <laughs> you know, one thing I think is a little unfair. I know McCoy wasn't as good last year, but he's still. I think he's going to be. This is his age 27 season coming up. Yes. Uh, isn't it seem a little premature to say that he's in decline? And sometimes players don't always have. Uh, they can't top each year prior, and he was the best running back in the league two years running before this past season, which was still 1,500 total yard uh, season. He wasn't a bad running back. Well, and stretch. behind a line that used 11 linemen last year, they were not what they were the year before. That was a factor. That was a factor, and that's why I think it is a win-win. I don't think that's so crazy. We don't have no. to have a hot take. I think 
Philly has the safer side. It's hard to see this going too poorly for them because I think Chip Kelly believes he can plug in another running back into his system and have it work, and and I kind of believe it too. I mean, he got rid of Deshaun Jackson. He's creating yards. It's a deep running back crop in the draft and free agency. I think that'll all be fine, but it wouldn't shock me if LaShawn McCoy continues what has so far been on track for a Hall of Fame consideration type of career. We don't we don't think of McCoy like that, and he's going to have to keep going in this trajectory. All I'm saying is, if you look at his six first years in the league, he's been one of the 25, let's say, best players at any position. And so if you're going to bet and take a risk with a guy, it's not like his salary's that crazy. It's $8 million a year. Both the Eagles and the Bills have plenty of cap room, so they could fit that in. And it's it's not crazy to imagine McCoy having two really good seasons with them. I think this trade is about resource allocation. You know you have a competitive advantage. Resource allocation. Yeah, corporate. (laughs) (laughs) Chip Kelly's offensive system gives them a competitive advantage, so why not allocate your resources to defense? They know they need to overhaul the secondary. You put Kiko Alonso along with Michael Kendricks, you have possibly the league's fastest inside linebacker duo, and you've got a good defensive line, so you build up a better defense and put all your money on that side of the ball. And we know that he values, we've heard this over and over the last 24 hours, it's quarterbacks and offensive linemen is what he puts his, that's where he wants his money, if anything. And it is interesting, though, from an, from an angle of is he under pressure like Belichick was to some degree, even in that first Super Bowl season in New England, they got off to a bad start and people wanted Belichick's head. And if it happens in Philly in two back-to-back seasons where you've let Deshaun Jackson and LaShawn McCoy walk out the door, if you get off to an ugly start, people in that city are going to sure. go crazy. But they would no matter what in Philly. Sure. And that's why I love Chip Kelly. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about has, taking the criticism. He, he just does it. He has a strong vision and a singular philosophy, and that's why I think he's similar to Belichick. That, but the, the one thing is, and I've talked about this, about, about him being the genius, and, and no one can outthink the great Chip Kelly. <laughs> uh, but let's just calm down a little bit. He hasn't shown anything in the NFL uh, beyond a couple decent seasons. So if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm not getting, I'm not completely all in on Chip Kelly definitely making the right decisions here. He's hanging his onions here a little bit, and I respect that, and I think, Greg, that's part of the reason why you like what he's doing here because he, he doesn't care what other people think. But also, this is pretty risky. You're giving away the best deep threat in the league, arguably, last year, and now you're getting rid of one of the best running backs of his generation in his prime this year. He took over a bad team. I mean, I know they had talent, but they weren't a winning team, and he's won 10 games with them. So I think you have to give them credit. He turned Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez and anyone that can turn quarterbacks that are mediocre into very useful quarterbacks, I think that's a legit skill. We've, Dan, we've seen it. Not to worry. He's got Riley Cooper locked up <laughs> for $5 million a year. Bottom line, though, it is risky also to go into a season paying a running back $12 million a year. If they went to him and tried to say, let's do something here, and he wouldn't do it, they, all, they almost had no other move than to move, than well, that was release the, him or trade him. I, I don't agree with that. If, they, if McCoy had a good year and he ran the way that Chip Kelly wants his running backs – to do it, which is a little more north-south. I think it was a lot about McCoy not really having a great season, not being great along the goal line. I think you'd pay him. It was was, only an $8 million salary. There was something going on, though, because Bruce Arians on NFL AM said, oh, we... We knew that this was well, there was something going on here. That right, he was I think, on the block. Yeah, they were looking to trade him, but I think it was more about how McCoy played 
than it even was about the salary. Because well, it, $8 million is not that crazy. They have $50 million now in cap room. If he was if he was one of the best two or three running backs in the league, well, you they thought he was, they would do that. that everything ties back to money, and I think this ties back to money in a large way. What about well, Kiko Alonso, by the way? Do we want to talk about him at all? Here? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say real <laughs> quick, it goes beyond what both of you guys said, money and how he played, because LaDainian Thomason and Ian Rappaport both said – LaShawn McCoy and Chip Kelly, the relationship was strained by the end of the year. They just weren't getting along. McCoy didn't like Kelly's practice schedule and thought his legs weren't in good enough shape on game day. I mean, with Alonzo, Kelly's getting a guy that he's coached before that's shown he can be great at the NFL level. And Wes mentioned it. Kendricks and Alonzo is going to be the identity of that defense. Those two guys in the middle flying around, I mean, that could be pretty fun. The, the thing I'd worry about if I'm an Eagles fan is, man, Chip Kelly has a lot of power. Like, he... We know he's a good coach, but I don't know that he's a good GM. They spent a lot of the last couple of weeks cutting guys that Chip Kelly signed, not just that Howie Roseman signed. James Casey, not big-time signings. Kerry Williams, uh, Todd Harriman's was, was a Howie Roseman Bradley guy. Fletcher, they had no interest in right, so re-signing let, him. Let's see. Chip Kelly's wildly aggressive. I think they're going to spend like crazy, and they're going to be a lot of fun Who to can watch. cut more of their own players, Reggie McKenzie or Chip Kelly? <laughs> what a battle. <laughs> From Buffalo's side, though, it's easy to see why they got rid of Alonzo. They have linebackers coming out of their ears, and they want David Harris in free agency. So you've got Preston Brown and Nigel Bradham, who both played like above-average starters last year. And if they move to a 3-4, those two guys would be ticketed for the inside, not the outside. And, and then David Harris is also an inside linebacker. And let's give credit to Connor Orr, our uh, New Jersey-based correspondent, who was on this very podcast two days ago and said that Rex Ryan has the ability to get GMs to act, True. maybe not impulsively, but to make big, splashy moves, and that's exactly what happened. Good well, job, I mean, they, you haunted soul. Well, they don't have Is a quarterback. <laughs> what was that one? <laughs> this thing on. It's ready to Rex on. Ryan calling the shot, man. That is going to be especially funny in three years. When they should fired. play that like when they introduced the Matt Castle trade. Well, <laughs> we're going to get to Castle in a second. When you don't, when you don't have a quarterback... Uh, you have to make everything else as amazing as it can be. And on paper, at least, this Bills team with Rex Ryan and all that defensive talent and now adding McCoy to a skill position group that was already pretty fun. I mean, that is a fun-looking uh, team in Buffalo. Okay. Place, Be- AFC before before uh, Greg gets too excited about the Bills, so let's talk about the quarterback. Uh, trade was agreed to only gonna make me more excited. on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, you know, the, there was no secret the Bills have been looking to upgrade the position or at least find an alternative to EJ Manuel. They tried to get Josh McCown, but, you know, the Browns wanted him too bad, Mark. The Browns wanted to get McCown in their building, so they signed him. Talk about a team that always swings for the fences. <laughs> so <laughs> the Bills, instead, they would hit the trade market and they land Matt Castle from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, in exchange for some uh, deep ra- deep uh, draft picks in next year and this year. And the Vikings now, or excuse me, the Bills now have what we assume is their starting quarterback for the 2015 season. Matt Castle will be the guy. Mark, you're shaking your head. Why? Well, part of me a little bit is like, wait, you you are the – this almost feels like when the Browns drafted Manziel then the Josh Gordon news hit like 24 hours later. It's like <laughs> – you have made the trade that has the NFL talking, and you're exciting. We were talking about Rex Ryan, LaShawn McCoy, and then, bang, hey, guess what? Your quarterback is Matt Castle. So all of Buffalo suddenly back in a major midwinter depression. Greg disagrees, though. You know, Tweedledum and Tweedledee over here, Wes and Sessler, Ooh. are on NFL now just killing this trade. Ooh. How could they do this? Of but course we this killed This would have been a, a terrible By miraculous. the way, thank you. TD, yeah, TD. They, 
big bounce back. They gave up nothing in the fan. trade, so it's basically a free agent pickup. Dan it, only cares about the sound bites. That's all he's. That's <laughs> well, all that's, that's right. they're, in Dan's they're paying him the same amount of money or less that Chad Henney and Matt Moore and plenty of backups have made over the last few years. And it's my vantage, and obviously you disagree, that the difference I would take Castle over McCown and Hoyer and even Jake Locker in their situation. I think Castle is a better option than those guys. But to my larger point, what is the difference between all those guys? They had to sign someone. They had to pick up a veteran. So if you're, you know, saying, "Oh man, Sanchez, that was the way that they were really gonna get it done," it's like, no, hold on, you... we, we were killing every one of these quarterbacks, and all you're right. saying is he's he's the best of a bunch of sure, terrible but you have to do something. You have to pick up someone. So if I can't you kill him for doing. Love the it. Kyle Orton area in Buffalo. You're gonna love Kyle Orton light because <laughs> Matt Castle was benched. For Brady Quinn two years ago, the Chiefs decided at the end of the year they would rather watch Brady Quinn. That was a different situation. They were losing. They wanted to see what Quinn could do. Give him his first chance ever. Right. Castle was not working Which there. tells you what, what they thought of Matt Castle, who one of my favorite quotes in Collision Low Crossers, <laughs> Wink Martindale, the old Broncos defensive coordinator, said Matt Castle couldn't hit black beauty in a field of white mice. I still don't get that. Well, if he can't spot... Black Beauty in a field of white mice. How's he going to find an open receiver? Oh, so he can't. Oh, he sees it. I thought it was more like an accuracy thing. I think that's vision. included in it. But yeah, it's about reading the field. I, it's well, hard to keep up with Wink. Translation: He's not a good quarterback. Right. Idiotic things yeah. I've ever heard. Wink Martindale. Yeah. What a what a vanguard of quarterback evaluation talent that guy is. Where is he at right now? Uh, I'm just kidding. The, by the way, <laughs> I don't know why I'm taking shots. A lot him. of shots. The Tweedledee and Tweedledee. Greg, let's open the floor up for an apology right now. That was <laughs> I, I officially apologize. I guess I, I was, was not offended by that. I was preemptively attacking you guys because I knew you <laughs> you both hate no, Matt right. Castle with an well, un, un, un Behind weird, the scenes, at the at, – at We've the, already been arguing for hours about this. At, at the news desk before while – Greg, while Mark and Wes are doing their NFL Now hit, and I was with Greg, and I wrote up the post. Greg even said, like, you know, because he was happy. He thought it was a good deal for the Bills. And he's like, oh, I know Wes is going to come back and, you know, bury this. And sure <laughs> enough, first thing Wes gets back, he's something just taking down Matt Castle. So this was all in the stars. Greg has this image of the Bills as a fascinating, fun team to watch. You, you can't pay me to watch Matt Castle play quarterback. They're going to be boring to watch. Here, here's the reality. He was 5-4 and four with a lousy Vikings team a couple years ago, and he had a couple good, a couple really good starts, one with, I think, 40 points against the Eagles, 400 yards against the Steelers. He's good enough to play six or eight decent games. I think he's slightly better than the Catch other quarterbacks. That's the fever. Yeah, what, I mean, what are you going to do? But we knew that. There was, there was no one out there. All right. Go trade for Mike Glennon. Go trade for Kirk Cousins. Let's talk about a slightly better quarterback. His name is Peyton Manning. He's, he's going to be on the Denver Broncos, most likely. ESPN's Chris Mortensen reports that Manning has agreed to take a $4 million pay cut, reducing his salary from $19 million uh, in 2015 to $15 million, uh, which, uh, Greg, we'll start with you. You were initially under the belief that there's no way that Peyton Manning would take a pay cut. This isn't confirmed. This is a report, but... It looks like he might have, and perhaps that will clear the way for some uh, signings for the Broncos, and they could shake and bake here. Yeah, I'm I'm eating crow on that one. More power to Peyton Manning that he would do this. I expect when we see the details that he'll be able to make the money back 
in incentives or some sort of bonuses. So it's but not we don't, really a And that won't No, that is a pay cut. I mean, maybe he'll have to have a great season or have to play, stay healthy for 16. We'll see. I'm just saying we don't know the details. But more power to him. It helps out the Broncos. It's not like it's, it's a bad move. And it, it was made a, sense all along. And it was always unfair to me, by the way, just as an aside, that when Tom Brady signed those deals that were you know tricky, how you actually can figure out what how much he was making, and Peyton Manning was painted as this selfish guy. You know, he's just getting paid. He's trying to get the paid most he can. Hopefully now people give the guy I respect for taking a pay cut. Well, what Brady did actually years. take less money than a lot of quarterbacks so would have. We're supposed to respect him now because he did something in response to everyone criticizing him. Who instead said of doing that? it on his own? That's not necessarily but that's what the, happened. That's the way I you're think, painting the picture. And I think Tom Brady, is. Tom Brady's contract, as Greg, you were saying in the in the cafeteria today, he ended up getting plenty of money with his deal too. It's not like he was still insane. a competitive advantage for the Patriots, whereas Manning's was not a competitive. Brady's advantage. was just a little misleading in that he did take more short-term money. It's like he got a raise on the the initial years on the contract that was there, but then he tacked on years where he was a total bargain. And and quarterbacks decided. in general are underpaid, so I don't think right. you can paint, paint what Peyton Manning did for Indianapolis and what he's done for Denver. He's not made enough money, right? So I'm not, not to mention I'm not killing Pop- him on that front. Not to mention the Papa Gino's or Papa John's commercial. Oh yeah, he'll make up that four million in uh, two uh, creepy commercials. Yeah, <laughs> to me, it's like, all right, what are your priorities? You're 38, 39 years old. You're only playing to win a Super Bowl. You've made more money than any player in NFL history. What are your priorities? Do you want to win a Super Bowl? Do you want to give your team the best chance to win a Super Bowl? Then take a pay cut. Dan, you made an interesting point, though, that you thought the Broncos have had Manning over a barrel, really, that they sort of had the leverage in this situation, which is interesting. That that implies that they were ready to cut him. I think they were. They knew that. Wow, that's really interesting. I just want to know more about that. I don't think that they were prepared to cut him, but I think that they knew that what could he really do. They were going to back him in the corner and say, like, Listen, take a pay cut, man. And then his options then were to ask for his release and start fresh at age 39 somewhere or uh, just take the money and force them to pay him. Then you look like a selfish guy. I mean, I think they were in a good spot, and Manning had no choice but to to copulate him. I think John Elway is one of the most headstrong individuals. They say copulate? He had no problem moving on from Tim Tebow. Copulating copulating would have been a weird move. You did well. I have the real story. That's it. You're, you have a great point, though, on, this story on Elway. Just got juicy. On Elway, well, the co- <laughs> the copulation we had to at least. Sorry, Mark. No, I, I thought maybe no. I should note that I. I, I just think it's talked like, about a sex. I I do think that <laughs> the Broncos, if it came to an ugly, you know, head to head thing, they would have moved on from from potentially. I don't think it's absolutely that they would have just let him dictate the scenario at all. If John Elway was the kind of won a stare down like that and he was ready to move. I mean, he really is the man. I don't know. He got, he got Peyton Manning to go there. He's made a lot of this one's for me. Gutsy moves, but, (laughs) but making one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, take a pay cut and having sort of a game of chicken where they're almost threatening to cut him. That if I'm Manning and and they don't resign Julius Thomas, I'm going to be a little peeved about that. Right. Well, they have a, they have a lot of guys who do, who else do they have? Orlando Franklin. They want to give Demarius Thomas. I know Franklin's gone. Uh, a contract. Roast, Raheem Moore, Terrence Knight, and there's about five or six Broncos in our top 101 list. Which, by the way, we've now put into a, a fancy new look on oh, yeah? NFL.com, and you can go to NFL.com/slash/free-agency. Checking that out. Whoa. Right now. Let's check that out Ooh, and free agency. populate it. Uh, moving forward, uh, this is news that came down Tuesday evening. Andre Johnson, or Monday evening, Andre Johnson has been granted permission to seek a trade 
from the Texans. The Texans approached Johnson and said you're not going to have the same role in this offense anymore. He might catch 40 balls instead of 80 next year. Andre Johnson said, what, trade me or cut me? And uh, from what we're hearing, Greg, a trade's probably not going to happen. So Andre Johnson is going to end up hitting free agency finally after I feel like we've been writing uh, Andre Johnson landing spot post for two years. Well, Mark now. did write one last year, and it holds up very well. If you read it right now, all the teams you put on the landing spots, Mark, it, pretty much all apply. Yeah, that's what we're yeah we we're talking about this morning. Like for for two two or three years, Andre Johnson was talking about how he wasn't happy here here and there, and now finally, this is the end of this partnership after twelve years or whatever. What's what what's the laugh? I don't know. I'm just laughing for no reason. All right, that's good. <laughs> That's good. It's a good podcast. Uh, so, Greg, Mr. Funny Bone, explain to us where Andre Johnson fits in the NFL landscape in 2015. I think he'll get a, and this is sad to say because it's Brian, I mean, it's Andre, I think he'll get like a Brian Hartline. He'll, he'll be right around the Hartline oh. in terms of Ouch. in terms oh. of contract, which is like, what, six, seven million dollars a year. I think he'll get more than Steve Smith got last year for sure. I think teams will look at him as a, a solid, legit starter. I mean, there's a million teams that would want him, right? I think only certain teams really, though, would he would he ever entertain going to. It's got to be a, a Seattle Seahawks potentially, Greg's team, the Patriots, who Dan hates whenever he's mentioned in a free agent chase. Just, but reality, reality that's always seemed to come up whenever a big name comes up. It's because when we talk about big names that are at the end of their career that want to win a Super Bowl ring, there's a short list of teams. You're not going to take a risk mm-hmm. and go to the Bears. Here's one that kind of, I think is interesting. Dan's favorite team, the San Diego Superchargers. <laughs> <laughs> They're borderline contender. Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. They don't have a number one receiver, really. I think that might make some that's sense. Good. They have some you have, Mark, room. you have a thought on this, don't you? No. On the Seahawks? Oh, well, we just mentioned the Seahawks, uh, yeah. I was too busy looking up the Chargers roster. I Can he it, play anymore, though? I mean, there, yes. was, there are numbers yes. beyond just the statistics that per target he was one of the least effective uh, receivers. He was targeted almost constantly in the red zone whenever Houston got down there. He's you not know, a good red zone He only had three touchdowns. Yeah, he's never had ten touchdowns in a season. Um, you know, so it's just one of those things where be careful, though, if you sign Andre Johnson and think you're getting 2008 Andre Johnson because you're not. I, I think they'll be careful of evaluating him when, you know, Ryan Mal and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tom Savage are throwing him the ball that kind of like Steve Smith. It, but I think he has a little more juice left. And, and Steve Smith was a really good pickup for the Ravens overall. I think Johnson has a little more juice left than Smith did a year Even ago. just two years ago, and it was short-lived, but him and Case Keenum looked good on some of those deep mm. balls. I mean, they found a way to get him more involved when the right quarterback Wes. was in there. No, I, I agree with Mark and Greg. You have to think about the quarterbacks, and it was his first year in Bill O'Brien's system. Maybe Bill O'Brien just didn't want to emphasize Can it. Can he succeed, though, away from Case Keenum? That's a good mm. question. I think you could ask that about a lot of wide receivers. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about Troy Palomalu, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Wednesday that the organization – Pittsburgh Steelers believe the celebrated safety has played his last game uh, for the Steelers, according to two team sources. Uh, the defender is not in the Pittsburgh's plans for 2015. The only question is how the exit will play out. Will he retire? Will he be forced to release him? And if that happens, will Troy Polamalu try to continue his career? Uh, Wes, is Troy Polamalu, Troy Polamalu shot? I think he is, and I think um, we saw that in the Ravens' playoff game when he was watching from the sidelines as Will Allen, a journeyman, took his spot on the field. Wow. 
and you know, I, and I think he's just a liability in coverage now. And it's not his fault. He played with abandon his entire career, and his body's failing him. I don't like that the Steelers want him to retire. I get where they're coming from. They want to put a nice bow on this and make it nice and neat, and he'll retire as a Steeler. But, you know, if he still wants to play, what about Dick LeBeau down in Tennessee taking him and Ike Taylor and having them come in and teach that defense? What is with the Steelers always, like, trying to force people to retire, by the way? You know, they tried to it do it. It works with Bruce Arians. They tried to do it with Bruce Arians, and then we— That was we, stupid. We read, we read today Ed Bouchette was— they're very hopeful that Palomalu will retire so they don't have to release him. But they have as many salary cap problems as any team in the league, and the deadline to get under it is Monday. So it seems like he's going to be released in the meantime. Ian, Ian our uh, NFL media insider. I referred to him that as earlier, so on second match. Oh, okay. Just call me in a rapture. Well, I hadn't mentioned it, though, so okay. I feel like All I right. want to give him his due. Okay. There is an answer to the question. He 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 thinks that Palomalu will retire if the Steelers cut him. Basically, there's an answer to the question you asked. Why are the Steelers always trying to do this? They're not some mega conglomerate corporation running that team. It's a family-run team, and they they consider this kind of stuff valuable. That his legacy would be only with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This isn't some. I'm not dry, saying it's right or wrong, but that's why they. That's do That's a good this point. This isn't some Russ. dry cleaning operation on the corner. I mean, how much money are <laughs> they making by now? They must be figuring it out. Uh, they. Definitely put a lot of stock in in their that this has only ever been in the Rooney family and it's a family run and I think the players know that. Don't you think they have points on Kate Mara's acting career? That that's probably <laughs> happened. got some dollars coming in. That's yeah, that's a good point. And um, <laughs> finally, Randall Cobb and the Green Bay Packers. Is this? I mean, this is crazy. Mark, is this really going to happen? That. Cobb and the Packers are not going to get a deal done. Uh, Cobb's agent, Jimmy Sexton, has uh, rejected the Packers' offer of a five-year deal worth eight uh, million and between eight and nine million annually, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We're getting closer to free agency, where a lot of teams are going to be very interested in Randall Cobb. Are they going to botch this? They got to stay together. I don't know if it's a botch because it may not be the way that they operate. They, I think, they just handed a giant contract to Jordy Nelson, who they don't want to have Cobb's contract, you know, supersede that by a big amount. It's a lot of money to pour into a position group. And if Cobb, you know, he's about to hit the free agent market and someone wants to go crazy and outbid him, and I think Cobb knows that teams like Oakland, Jacksonville, or what he, could potentially break the bank for him, that he's not going to agree to a town-friendly, Green Bay-friendly deal. I, I hope common sense prevails here. They need each other. The Packers have watched uh, – they've had the rate of attrition at wide receiver over the last three years where they've watched – Donald Driver, James Jones, Greg Jennings, and Jermichael Finley walk out the door, and Devontae Adams, Jeff Janis, Jared Abradaris, and Richard Rodgers Ooh. walk in. Right. Who was after Janis? Richard Rodgers, Jared Abradaris, Jeff Janis. That that's, guy was made up. That's the first uh, Jared Abradaris mentioned in the podcast. This, these are the guys who are replacing legends, and if you lose Cobb on top <laughs> of that, to me, your wide receivers go from a strength to a liability. Well, let's back off calling James Jones and Jermichael Finley legends. I mean, this. you love James. Right. You, you were driving the term Michael Fenley yeah, train. I'm just saying we're calling them legends is all. I but Reggie McKenzie, who helped draft a, a couple of those today. guys, he may be <laughs> the one to go after Cobb. Well, if, yeah. you're, if you're Randall Cobb, great. You you sign a contract for two or three million more per year. You end up on a team going nowhere with a quarterback who won't be nearly as good as Aaron Rodgers. And you're the youngest free agent on the market. In another four or five years, if you stay with Rodgers, you've got a chance for another mega contract. If you go to Jacksonville or Oakland, who knows what's going to happen to your market value. It's going to be tough with 
for guys like Ted Thompson who don't usually spend in free agency and they want to be fiscally responsible because I think just new pay scales are going to be set this year. You have to forget what you think Randall Cobb is worth. He's going to make $12 million, and if you really think Randall Cobb's that important to your team, I mean, the, the Packers are $40, $50 million under the cap. Well, and it's like the post that Dan wrote over the weekend on Vincent Jackson where they didn't go for a pay cut with him, that that kind of jacked up the wide receiver market right there. Uh, by the way, uh, just uh, circling back to the Peyton Manning thing, uh, rap sheet, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport, uh, also now reporting that it's a $4 million pay cut. And it is not clear at this time, Greg, if there are any incentives to make up that lost money. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. And I that, guess no one's crying for uh, Peyton Manning's bank account or anything. Yes, <laughs> and, and that's what's happening. Hey, TD, is Bucky Brooks rolled in yet? He's on his way. Okay. Bucky's okay. on his way. All right. There he is. By the way, uh, all right, so we have a couple of minutes. Hey, by the way, you said this is a big podcast for Mark, Greg, where where do you stand? I think Mark's it? been doing an incredible job at everything. I think so too. That, I don't uh, think so. He's tried <laughs> to do. You don't think you're doing well? No. no. You're asking him a lot. You said you wanted him to carry the show. <laughs> I wrote that down. I don't know. Mark says he doesn't know where it was coming from, and I don't either. I just it's good to be random. Keep keep people on their toes. I right. give myself. I about believe a C- I. Minus I also so threatened to stab you with a plastic fork earlier at the lunch in at the huddle today. That uh, got that, me thinking. That really that, had nothing. That could give you a ticket to HR. Just for the record, <laughs> I want to keep that on the down low. <laughs> well, while we wait for Bucky, why don't we just move on to our next segment? And we talked about Greg's big time free agency rollout um, session that is all over the website right now. Uh, the, well, let's talk about the biggest team needs. In free agency, and we'll break this down into two categories, uh, just the biggest overall needs, and we all, each of us for the Around the NFL group, wrote one that jumped out to us, uh, and then also one, a need that's under the radar. So maybe nothing, you know, when they say under the radar, Greg, they mean, you know, not, not right on the surface. Maybe not quite <laughs> as obvious. You know, not, not obscure necessarily, just under the radar. <laughs> so we'll go through those. So why don't we start? <clears throat> Gentlemen, uh, Chris Wessling, you are the scientist, so I, I'm going to throw it to you to get going here. Uh, you actually, because you – do you have two here, Wes? No, you have just have one. All right, so your biggest need that you see right now for a team. Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, which is the worst in the NFL last year, and they're set to release Anthony Collins if they can't find a taker for him per NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Rappaport that will a leave... lot of pop today. Well, as he should. Yes. That will leave the blind side wide open for the number one overall draft pick at quarterback if it's Jameis Winston. So you've got no left tackle, you don't have a right guard, and you had the worst offensive line in the NFL last year. You can't put a quarterback behind that offensive line. And unfortunately, there are no great left tackles in free agency this year. So what are they going to do? Maybe try to shoehorn Brian Balaga in there? I don't know. Orlando Franklin? Hmm. Doug Free, those are not attractive options. That's quite a major need. Mark Sessler. I look to Cleveland in the wide receiver position, and I think it's it's it puts a lot of pressure on Ray Farmer, the general manager, because last year he went into the pre-draft process squawking about how teams like the Seattle Seahawks don't need to draft wide receivers high and that he held to that same philosophy. And then Cleveland, you know, with the first round that they had, decided to pass up the greatest – wide receiver draft Ooh. in many, many years. I didn't even think about that. 
So there's another good draft, but there's also a good crop of wide receivers. So, you know, outside of the concept of growing your own talent, they need to they need to get better at this position right away. And it's uninspiring for Browns fans that out of the gate they're talking to Brian Hartline. Cool. That it, if he's going to be a starter in Cleveland, that's that's as hard as selling Matt Castle to the Buffalo Bills. You've got to do more than that, and they've got to hit. They have two number one picks again. One of those has to be a wide receiver. Hartline's okay as a rotation-y player. Sure. As long as it, it all depends on sure. the contract. If he's their third receiver, and the quarterback. I'm not going to get too worked up. About your goal it. is not to make plays. Brian Hartline <laughs> is your receiver. <laughs> I mean, what what is their first round he pick? Is. By the way, twelve. Twelve. So you might be able to get one of those three. You know, DJ really loves Devontae Parker. Who well, might, and that might he's be been linked to them That'd be in a fun multiple one. mock drafts, Parker. I like that. By the way, Brian Hartline's um, splits this season were some of the worst splits you'll ever see from a wide receiver. I think it was 16 games. Wes, can you help me with those 16 games? I think less than 500 yards. Well, like 450, 474 yards. yards. Yeah. He has averaged – he's played six years, and he's averaged two touchdowns per year. As an NFL starter, that's not getting it done. He I was think, not a good fit for that offense. Yeah, I take back what I said. You don't want to sign Brian Hartline, not just because of everything you said here, but because how mu- if you're going to spend money in free agency, this is a good year to get someone that's a legit player. Don't aim for the middle because you're not going to sign Hartline and a top And level. they have like $60 million. Right, exactly. This is the year to do it. They could draft someone, get someone, got Hawkins in the middle, and then you're good. Let me throw out one. I need The Chargers need a running back. Uh, Philip Rivers threw the ball a lot last year, and he got hit a lot last year, and he's still uh, a very effective quarterback, a great quarterback, but you need to give him some help. And Ryan Matthews, you know, he had that one really good year, but he's always hurt. He's a free agent now. I think you got to let him go out the door and go get a running back that you could put behind Philip Rivers that you can count on. Mm-hmm. And as we know, this is a nice little year for some running backs in the fold. I, li- I like the idea, and I, I made – uh, a point of it in our write-up that I thought the Cowboys did a really nice job uh, protecting Romo, another 30-something quarterback with DeMarco Murray. Mm. DeMarco Murray, maybe he goes to San Diego and he becomes Phillip Rivers' security blanket. That's my biggest need. I think there's been some worry from the DeMarco Murray camp may, maybe what this market's going to look like for him, that he's such a star, but are they really going to be able to get him a star-like contract? But then you think about the teams that could be out there looking for a, a starting running back. San Diego, Indianapolis, maybe even Philadelphia. I don't know if they're going to want to spend a lot of money. Arizona. I mean, these are teams that could really use a between-the-tackles guy. That would be a great fit. I'd love to see the Chargers, who we didn't really enjoy as the team of around Speaking the NFL. Yourself. I didn't. I'd still like them to bounce back and kind of be that next. You know, they'll live up to it a year later. Kind of like our making the leap guys are always good two years later. Maybe they'll be more fun. They were most attractive two seasons ago down the stretch when they were running the ball 40 times a game down people's throats. They knocked off the Broncos in prime time by doing that. That's when Matthews was excellent. They've got to get someone back in there. I agree with Dan. By the way, I I would like to sign Ryan Matthews. I would too. I would like the Patriots to sign him. Get rid well, of I'm awesome. sure you'll get, get him. Get rid of LeGarrette. <laughs> get rid of LeGarrette Blunt. You know that was nice. Get Ryan Matthews in there, or have them both. Then bring whatever. Blunt back in next December again. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, come on. It's just like you're just gonna get everybody you want, and then they're all gonna revert back to their they, greatest form. You guys act. It's not like they've been great at free agency. Wins. People have Revis on the brain. They, it's not like they've signed many. You climb great right back up to your throne of ease <laughs> as the as the minstrels play. I do Grapes know that are fed directly into the the harp is strummed gently. I do know that we are living on a throne of ease. When I was texting with another Patriots fan today, and we were talking about how we kind of enjoy Rex 
in Buffalo kind of loading up like this because it makes it more fun. You guys should all be in jail. <laughs> it does make it more fun. You. Rex is great you to have You have nothing around. to worry about. They just traded for Matt Castle. <laughs> you should be sent to Australia like uh, the British ones. This is why Greg loves the, the Matt Castle signing. Yeah. <laughs> just simply removes an AFC East contender. Eight and eight for the Bills. All right, under the radar need. So, uh, I, don't I, don't get, I don't get to throw any need out there. You just oh, did I not? You just went Ryan Matthews. I thought, page yeah. I thought you uh, you used yours up with your Matthews heat, but go ahead. Oh, that's okay. No, I didn't. No, I, I didn't mean it. to do that. I was. I was gonna just do the most obvious, you know, kind of like Browns receiver, Chiefs receiver. Okay. Kind of overly obvious. Zero touch. I actually play. had a contest at the the desks the other day. If anyone could name who had the second most amount of snaps at wide receiver for the Chiefs last year, Chris Wessling got the right answer. Stunner. I already the forget greatest. the answer because it was so... Junior cool. Hemingway, 260 snaps, was second on the team. And 260 yards by Albert Wilson was second on the team. And you're probably going to cut the guy who was number one on the team, Dwayne Bowe. So that's pretty ugly. Greg was really surprised that Wes knew that. But then he's forgetting that Wes is a toaster legend. Mm. TD, everything going good over on that front? You know it. At oh. producer TD, hashtag WWT. We need three to four Hardcore contestants. The winner gets lot, getting a lot of contestants. Yeah, in. how's Bucky doing? By the way, is he gonna make it? He's on his way. He texted me. Um, okay, you know, it might Bucky, be too late. A lot yeah. of podcasts want him. He's like the free podcast free agent right now. This is um, this is kind of like his rock star move. Yeah, no, he's, he's, you know, you know, it's we're twenty one minutes past his uh, scheduled arrival time. <laughs> he's like Castle. He, you're gonna have to. Look, trade you're for throwing him, him under the bus. Know, this isn't the way to get him to sign. Does Bucky know that we just passed? 10 million podcasts with this episode. I mean, is that the type of podcast you want to miss? We'll let him know when he gets here. Okay. If he gets here. Under the radar needs. And I don't know if I discussed this earlier, Greg. You have have your obvious needs, (laughs) and and then you have your other types of needs that are way under the surface. It's right under that radar. (laughs) You went way under the radar. (laughs) <laughs> with yours. I went pretty far into the radar, but let's start. You took it, you took it serious. I want to hear Dan's. I take the I job hear, serious. All right. I, I like I'm just looking at the Chicago awesome. Bears. <laughs> Ever who, since Ear- Earl Bennett left town. <laughs> the Chicago. Wait, why are you laughing at me? You don't like Mark, Marcus Wilson, I guess. Look at the Chicago Bears who have two tall wide receivers, uh, but somehow still have a limited offense, and I guess you could say Jay Cutler stinks, but a lot of people seem to think Jay Cutler is a good guy. How about you get somebody, a slot guy, that could go underneath and really open that offense wide open, and if you get one guy that makes everything connect the dots, that offense can go from a middle-of-the-pack unit to top three, in my opinion, with Matt Forte there also. If, uh, if this new coaching staff can finally tame Jay Cutler, although I'm not necessarily holding my breath on that, how about a little Randall Cobb you steal? Mm. That? I'm just Too gonna, many tall solution. receivers. You want a short receiver. Okay. That uh, is under the radar. Uh, I mean, listen, when, when you're, I'm getting bullied by dorky scientists, football scientists that come <laughs> I don't up think from it's their crazy. I don't think it's crazy because Marshall will be out of there. You put Marcus Wilson in as a starter, and you need a slot guy. Um, so screw you guys. Who's next? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try yeah, to you get go ahead, this Mark. without getting ripped to shreds. Uh, I feel like everything's not under the radar because all we do all day long is just read this nonsense from every team. But I'm going Oakland pass rushers, you know, and actually it's kind of a burning need. You've got Khalil Mack in your front seven who was outstanding last season. But Reggie McKenzie, we talked about this earlier in the show, already in the process of getting rid of the free agent bounty he picked up last year because there were a lot of a lot of whiffs. One of them, Lamar Woodley, he's out of the building. 
Justin Tuck, the two of them, you know, all this offseason nonsense about how they've brought these veterans in and this defense is going to be edgy. 22 sacks, a franchise low last season. you got to get some young guys to rush the passer. I'm going to say, Mark, I'm not, I will never laugh at your thing because I think that's rude, but I wouldn't call this under the radar. I feel like Dan, I'm the only person the in this room that did not dig my claws into you as your football analysis <laughs> was unleashed two minutes ago, and your move is to turn around. I'm just saying, franchise that low in sacks, 22 sacks. I don't. Obviously, your move to is me. to turn around and be <laughs> that guy. Well, there's a difference between taking criticism and being laughed at. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying obvious need for them, <laughs> not under the radar. You failed. I'm sorry. Well, not a lot of people are talking about the Raiders, but that's probably just in general, I guess. All right. I'm just hitting out now, Mark. Don't don't. No, I, it's it's evident. Chris Wessling, whatever you say is wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I think it's evident that the Titans need a quarterback, but their fans are under, under the delusion that Zach Mettenberger is the answer, and they are joined by several high-octane football analysts who believe Mettenberger is some kind of franchise quarterback, even though he couldn't finish his last year at LSU, couldn't finish his rookie season, and frankly couldn't move the offense when he was under center. If they like Marcus Mariota, it'd be foolish to pass on him. Quarterback is a major need for the Titans. At the Combine, though, it sure sounds like Hunt at coach and also Rustin Webster, who is Mr. Excitement, by the way, at GM, <laughs> they both <laughs> made it sound like, A, they really, really do just want a quarterback, and number two, that it was an opportunity that might not come again, or B, they're openly inviting teams to think that so they'll come up and trade with them. I think it's that second part, which is weird because Zach Mettenberger is their starter. They're probably. I'm looking at who's going to sign Mark Sanchez. By the way, I don't think there's many options yeah, out there. Titans windily. are kind of the the Rough Riders, the one team <laughs> that still need a one B starter option. They need a one A. Right, they do, but they, that's how they see it, at least. 1B. All right, Greg. Finally, well, we <laughs> close with a bang. You know, but Baltimore might have won two Super Bowls in three years if they had a better secondary. You got uh, Anthony Levine and Rashawn Melvin playing big-time snaps in a game where they outplayed the Super Bowl champion Patriots. Uh, Darius Webb might have to be cut because he's paid a lot of money. Jimmy Smith's coming off a thing. They have no safety, so get some coming get off some, a thing. Get some I defensive like backs. What? You said c- coming off a thing. <laughs> that, I like that. That Mine I, was under the radar. That was not cool. under the radar. No, that was cool. I thought Greg's was great. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> Coming with, off a thing. What is it? Torn Achilles? I was trying to remember. Liz, what, Frank. Liz Frank surgery. That's it. Those were the under the radar. Wow. <laughs> what? The tension in the room, not <laughs> under the radar. I don't like to be oh, laughed man. at. Exactly. I thought that was rude. I apologize for laughing at you, Dan. I, I didn't drop a Tweedledee and Tweedledum today. I don't uh, apologize for not laughing at you. I don't know why you went after me, uh, Mark, on this. I wasn't really like, I'm the one that didn't you. go after you. I know, but I wasn't attacking you, and I was just saying that maybe that wasn't under the radar. I stopped listening like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> wow. I stand by everything I said. I demand a trial by combat. What? Uh, what's going on with Bucky Brooks? By the way, that's a better heat drop than the actual heat. All right, drop. we'll we'll make that I'm decision. We'll um, Bucky is taping NFO now right now, so he's sad. <laughs> what? And um, we're taping here. It's at 127. He's guys like Howard Hughes. All right. Power move right. by Bucky. He's we'll uh, we'll figure out when we have Bucky on next. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll make it work. Well, apologies. apologies to the listeners who were expecting Bucky. Maybe we'll get him in later this week, maybe uh, down the line. Let's be honest. We just filled up a whole show anyways. Yeah. And it was awesome. Oh, <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> and, and, let's, and save your tweets about us arguing with each other. We all like each other very much. Don't you know. save them. It's a little fun. 
you know, having a little fun. Says you. I like, you know, a little creative tension. <laughs> that, that's that. how you get the best work out of people. Uh, all right. <laughs> let's see. What's up? What's coming up this week? We got another show uh, on We're, it's gonna, Friday. It's going to post Friday yes. morning. So it'll be a little earlier, and we'll have one on uh, Friday. I think we're going to have a special, oh, special guest. Wait a player. second. want to make flowers today? And we'll say no more than that. Uh, what about Thursday on Friday's show? How great would it be if we had that actress on? Is that Matt McConaughey coming on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Just tease it like that. All right, all right, all right. Um, wow. <laughs> on Friday, why don't we do some sandwich propositions? Ooh. Free agency. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I like it. That a little free agency pre. So Mark's Mark, not thrilled thoughts. about this idea. Let's do it. Can't wait. TD can't do any worse than the gold standard did at this one last Or time. than <laughs> TD did. Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, TD currently owes. Calvin, Calvin Johnson, Ooh. 700 touchdown That's receptions. a good point, TD. Tomorrow, I think, is your time to pay up. Soon enough, guys. Soon enough. Soon <laughs> enough. Man, has no integrity. Uh, all right. So, yes, we will play the sandwich. We'll uh, go get my lunch um, curse word when we uh, come back on Friday. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Dan Hansis signing off. Before we go. Yes. You got another drop for us? Celebration song entry. Ooh. Tristan. Tristan from Australia. Big time. Tristan winner. is great. And here's 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 a good one right here. <laughs> Little early period Daft Punk. Yeah, Mark likes it. I like that song. It's it's a good song. Chris looks like he's having a seizure. I have no opinion on that song. Oh, come on, Wes. I don't like this one. Oh, I liked it. I think I, that it's a little you, too clubby. It's a bit of a low-grade recording. Here's the thing: why can't we why can't we have a song that we like, like a song that actually kind of gets you fired up? I will say, it doesn't I, have to have the word "celebrate" in it. Why can't it be like a cool song it, instead of these old kind of corny songs? Like "Return of the Mac." <laughs> you love that one. That can we can mix that in. There you go. Right. I mean, we there, we got to find the common ground, basically. I think Pharaoh Munch. I got one. Munch. No, no. <laughs> I like that punk. Do you guys not like that punk? It was too clubby. That was a jam, though. That was great. I think that's one of the great dance, greatest dance songs ever. I but agree. I'm not going to force yeah. this through legislation. If people don't want it, it's fine. We'll I find a better one. really have a genre called dance songs in my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See, we'll figure it all out. Uh, yes, we'll be back on Friday. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, Tay D behind the glass, and... Z Drizzle. I can see him back there. <laughs> Daft Punk until Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.